hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. In the last couple of weeks, we've been in this conversation in uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, around this beautiful passage, one of my favorite passages in the scripture that mentions the kingdom. And a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Rod talked about, he gave us great context, by the way. You should jump on our YouTube channel and watch that message about the context of what this is about. It's really, really powerful. Basically, Pastor Rod spoke of the righteousness that is mentioned in the passage as how we live out our lives day to day to honor the Lord. And then last week, Butch Newland was here and he gave a testimony and he intertwined it with a portion of the passage that spoke about peace, biblical peace, this idea of wholeness, this idea of it's more than a lack of conflict, and we'll take that sometimes. It goes much deeper than that. It runs into a wholeness, and it's a, it's a shared peace among the body. So Romans chapter 14, 17, here's the passage. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. C.S. Lewis said that joy is the serious business of heaven. What a powerful statement, joy. I can't think of anybody that I know that if I said, hey, would you like more joy? They would say, no, I'll pass. I'm good. I want to be a person filled with joy. I want to be a person that has that joy that kind of overflows and and that God is honored through our lives with that joy. Let me ask you, what is it in your life that brings you joy? What do you like to do? You're like, man, when I do that, I really enjoy that. Anybody want to respond? Cooking, art, almost said cleaning, but I'll take that one off the table. Uh, Hiking, being outdoors, writing music, playing golf, playing with the children, the grandchildren, hanging out with friends. There are so many ways that we can enjoy life, isn't there? And I think God gives us that enjoyment. I really do. I think that God, uh, that those things that we enjoy, in fact, I believe that the things that we enjoy in life, I think if we pay attention, that it's one of the ways that our relationship with God can flourish. You know, maybe we're knitting something and we're thinking we're just passing time, we're enjoying that. I think there's some spiritual depth to that, to say, I want to enjoy it. God gave me this, I enjoy it. So let's talk about what is biblical joy. The Greek word is kara. It is an abiding attitude of praise and thanksgiving regardless of circumstances which flows from one's confidence in God's sovereignty. Boy, now that's a lot. But I want you to notice the biblical definition. It is an abiding attitude of praise and thanksgiving regardless of circumstances. Now that's the portion I'd like to take out. With a confidence in the sovereignty of God. Can I just give you three simple but I think meaningful elements of how to live with this biblical joy? Let me just give you three of these things. First of all, I think we experience this biblical joy. I'm talking about deep, biblical, abiding joy. When we do what the Scripture tells us here in Romans chapter 14, 17, when we begin to understand that righteousness, peace, and joy, it all happens in the Holy Spirit. Do you see 
what Paul mentions here. He's like, these elements, these characteristics of the kingdom citizen, they happen within the realm of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, biblical joy is not based on my personality. It's not based on my circumstances. It's not based on my blood type. It's not based on my career, on my level of education. It isn't based upon how much money I have in my bank or how much I don't have in the bank. Biblical joy is an abiding, it's an abiding presence within the Holy Spirit. So in other words, I don't have to manufacture joy. Oh, I've tried that. Have you? Or maybe you've been around someone you think, I don't think they're that happy. You've been around maybe that person and Maybe sometimes we're that person. We put a front on. We want to appear to be happy. We want to be upbeat. And I don't think there's maybe in and of self, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But over time, that's exhausting. This is a different kind of joy where there is an abiding. You know, in the New Testament, we see this beautiful example, this connection between the Holy Spirit and joy. There's, there's a close connection. So, for example... In Luke chapter 10, verse 21, the scripture says that Jesus himself rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Paul tells the church at Thessalonica, as he writes to them, he says that they received the word with much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit. Wow, there's a great correlation between the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord. Man, if there's one thing we need to stand, understand further in, in the church, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Sometimes we seem to regulate the Spirit to a lesser role within the Godhead. That's a grave mistake. The Spirit is a part of that Godhead. And the Spirit has an incredible... In fact, Jesus says, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. So there's this correlation between the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and joy. But not only that, Jesus himself, he understood this principle. He understood the power of joy. And and there's a correlation between Jesus and joy. Man, I think Jesus was a joyful guy. I know he's a man of sorrows. The scripture says that. I think he's full of joy, right? Notice what Hebrews 1.9 says. It says, Hebrews 1.9, he's quoting Psalms 45.7. The scripture says that you love justice, you hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God, has anointed you pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. Speaking about Jesus. Speaking about Jesus. There's more joy. This anointing has been poured out on Jesus more than anyone else. Isn't that amazing? Little children, they love Jesus, right? Scripture even says that tax collectors and sinners, they were drawn to Jesus. You know, his first miracle recorded in the scriptures was at a wedding. There's intention with that. I think Jesus was about it. I think he enjoyed life. And and he was filled with this joy. Hey, and he wants to give us this joy, right? That's the beautiful part of this. He's like, I want my disciples to have this joy. Look at John 15, 9 through 11. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And just as I've kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you. Here it is. Here it is. Look at what he says. That my joy may be in you. Wow. His joy in us. 
Again, we don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to come up with it. We don't have to muster it up. No, no, no. He wants to give us his joy. Why? So that our joy will be complete. So that it will be full, not lacking anything. His joy comes into our lives as we willingly abide in obedience to his word. As we obey, willingly obey, we abide and we receive the joy of the Lord. Can you think of anything else in this life that would be greater than to be filled with the joy of the Lord? We do it by abiding. Second of all, we do it by trusting. There's an element of trusting. This spirit-empowered joy, man, it cannot be destroyed by persecution, by sorrow, by circumstance. It cannot be destroyed by fear, by doubt. No, no, no. This spirit-empowered joy allows the people of God to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, how do we get there? By trusting, by trusting. Romans 15, 13, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I think I say that about every passage, don't I? I'm like, here's another favorite. You're like, all right, you're up to 20. How many? Let's narrow this down. This truly is one of my favorite passages where Paul says, May the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Joy and peace are like cousins. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy and hope. There it is by, say it with me, trusting in Him. And as we do, this God of hope, we begin to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, how do we live with this joy? Oh, by abiding in Christ and understanding that it's a manifestation in and through the Spirit. And then by trusting in the Father's plan. By trusting in his providential plan. Jesus understood this. He knew this. And in fact, we see this in Hebrews 12 too. One of my favorite verses. The writer of Hebrews says, Looking unto Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. You see it, right? Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning at shame, and now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus understood something about the Father's plan. He, he, he understood that, that the cross was a part of the Father's providential plan for his life. He, he embraced that. He understood that. And the writer of Hebrews is pointing us to the secret of enduring the difficulties of life, even though it's within the realm of the Father's plan. It is the joy set before him. It's as if Jesus understood the fruition of the plan. As it comes together, I begin receiving and understanding and, and sensing the joy of the Father as I trust in the plan. Oh, that's not easy, is it? I don't know about you, but it's not easy to trust in the Father's plan sometimes because it doesn't feel like the Father's plan is a good plan. Sometimes we wonder if it's the best plan or often as I like to think, I have a better plan. I have a better plan. But Jesus teaches us, He shows us that this joy, it's found in the Father's plan. It isn't easy, but the promise is evident. We experience true joy as we trust in 
Him. Trust. Oh, that isn't easy. This joy, we, we experience it when we abide in Christ, when we trust the Father's plan, even though we don't understand it, we don't get it, we're not even crazy about it. But we trust it. We trust it. Maybe you're going through something now. You're like, I don't know if I can trust Him with this. I don't know if He understands this. This doesn't feel like part of the, part of the Father's plan. This doesn't look like what we thought the Father might lead us into. Trust Him. If you're a believer, trust Him. And let that joy begin to well up in your spirit. Last thing I would say, and there's so many more, but how do we experience this joy? Well, we do it by abiding. We do it by trusting. Last of all, I think we do it by praising. By praising Him. Back to the definition, right? Joy is an abiding attitude of praise and thanksgiving. I want you to think about that. Joy is an abiding attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Sometimes when I think of joy, I don't think of an abiding attitude. But that's what it is. So could it be that praise, when I praise the Lord, could it be that that begins to prompt joy in my life? Could be. Could be as I praise the Father, not just in a worship gathering, but all the days of my life, I can praise the Lord at any time. As I praise the Father, could it be that that praise facilitates joy and joy provides the needed strength for the journey? Nehemiah 8.10, the prophet says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. This is why it's so important, right? Because you get weary on this journey. The joy bucket (laughs) begins to leak sometimes. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. As I praise the Lord, I believe that facilitates joy and provides strength for the journey. So as you experience challenges and difficulties in life, what's kind of the first reaction? I'll give you one of mine. I complain. I think it's my spiritual gift. (laughs) I'm a great complainer. If complaining was an Olympic sport, gold medalist right here. I can pout. I'm not above a good complaint. Anyone else? I'll throw out a complaint, even if it is to God. Sometimes that's how I respond to things. Simple things. Simple things. Traffic or potential spam calls. Picking up a call and you got, oh, they got me again. Nobody's on the other line there. They got me again. So many ways to complain, and life will give you those opportunities, will it not? It will give us so many opportunities to grumble. So many opportunities to grumble. So many opportunities to pout. But I would just suggest growing in the Lord means I'm not, I don't pout, but I praise. I want to learn when I have the opportunity to complain that I am grateful. I think this is the biblical teaching. Gratitude is a part of God's will for our lives. And the reason for that is as I'm gracious and as I praise the Lord and I thank Him for things that I don't understand, I don't like, I'm not crazy about, 
that are hurtful, that are painful, that I don't understand. When I praise and thank Him for those things, I think His will is gratitude because the praise, the gratitude, and the thanks is the attitude that He wants me to have, that the joy will well up inside of me. I have the strength to walk through it and honor Him. Whatever you're going through right now, let me just encourage you. Praise your way through it. Praise your way through it. Does that make sense? We can complain, we can grumble, we can pout, or we can praise our way through it. Let me give you three applications. This is a little bit of a homework that I want to challenge you with. It's going to, I think these are going to be on the screen, so if you want to take a screenshot or write them down, uh, or if you're not into homework, I understand. But I want to give you a challenge for this week. Three things I would invite you to do. Number one, I encourage you this week to rejoice in your salvation if you have been saved. I want you to rejoice in your salvation. If you're a believer and you have nothing else to rejoice about, salvation is all you need. There's no other need. It's enough for us to rejoice. In fact, David in Psalms 51 thought it was so important that he prayed that the Lord would restore to him the joy of his salvation. It was so important to him. Salvation is special and meaningful. It's transformative in our lives. And how often, as those who claim to be redeemed, never rejoice in that salvation. Never say, Father, thank you for saving me. A wretched, a wretched sinner. It isn't as if we were drowning and, the, and God threw a life preserver and we grabbed a hold and He pulled us to safety. That's not it at all. One theologian said, no, that's not it. It's more like this, that we laid lifeless at the bottom of the ocean, in the cold, dark depths of the ocean. And He sent His Son to the bottom, to the darkness, to the depth, and He rescued our lifeless bodies and He brought us to the surface and He he walked us over to the shore, to that seashore, and He breathed into us the breath of life. That's a little better picture than He threw me a life preserver. We have a great salvation because we have a great Savior. The Scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And if we have nothing else to rejoice about, we can always rejoice in the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. His salvation is enough. If we have nothing else, His salvation is enough. This week, I challenge you. I challenge me. Make a note on your phone. Post it on your, your, where you get ready. Or put it in your car. Just a reminder, rejoice in my salvation. Would you do that? Give it a shot. Second of all, I want you to memorize and pray Romans 15, 13. Memorize and pray it. Memorize and pray it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You got a week to memorize it. Test next Saturday night. Be ready. I'm going to call on you. I'm not. But what a beautiful verse of this joy that we have. We're like, how do we have this joy, Pastor? We've got to trust in the Lord. We've got to trust in Him. That's the third thing, or the second thing. The third thing is, this is a little more challenging. 
I'm going to ask you, challenge you to praise your way through the problems. All right? Praise your way through the problems. Put on a little worship music. Sing to yourself in the car alone, most likely, but sing. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Say, Lord, I just pray, I praise you. I praise you for how good you've been to me. Even hey, a bad day, he's still a good God. He's still a good God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the psalm says, I praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. We can praise the Lord. Remember, praising the Lord, I think, begins to facilitate that joy in our lives. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.